Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 3rd of May. Tough new measures come into effect today for thousands of stranded Australians in India trying to return home. Australian citizens who attempt to return through a third country could now face up to five years jail or fines of up to $66,000 or in some cases both. It comes as India is crippled by the ongoing coronavirus crisis. The country now recording more than 300,000 new infections in just 24 hours and its highest daily death toll of nearly 3,700. Amar Singh, founder of Turbans for Australia, has told the project that more than 9,000 Australians trapped in India need urgent help. These people are being, you know, sort of the sacrificial lambs. If any of them show symptoms of COVID today, they're not going to get a bed. They're probably not going to find oxygen. We're going to have Australians die on the side of roads in India. Is that what we want? Is that where we stand? We're a country that prides ourselves in mateship and giving a hand up to people that need our hand. It comes as a new poll from the Lowy Institute has found 59% of people believe the government has given an appropriate amount of support to Australians overseas. While Foreign Minister Maurice Payne has rejected any suggestion that blocking travellers from India is racist. The burden that such a high infection rate was placing on the states and territories medical systems and health systems uh, to address such a high positivity rate uh, was one which had become difficult for them to deal with. Meantime, back home in the Australian Medical Association is calling for a complete overhaul of WA's hotel quarantine system. It comes after a security guard at the Pan Pacific Hotel tested positive to COVID-19. His two housemates, who are food delivery drivers, are also now in isolation after contracting the virus. Here is WA President of the AMA, Dr Andrew Miller. This is happening through airborne spread to an unvaccinated guard who had inadequate PPE in an inadequate quarantine facility. We need immediate change of the people running this system because they have been unreceptive to doing this quickly enough. While the WA Premier did not order another lockdown after the latest outbreak, Mark McGowan has now enforced tough new COVID restrictions. And we'll have the latest details from our reporter in Perth shortly. Meantime, our COVID vaccine rollout is ramping up today with Australians over the age of 50 now being called up to get the jab. Vaccination clinics across the country will be open to the age group to receive the AstraZeneca vaccine, while GP bookings are also set to go online in the coming weeks. And the federal government is promising to slash childcare costs with a $1.7 billion budget pledge. Under the move, which won't be effective until next year, will see subsidies for families with two or more children to increase by up to 95%. The Parenthood Executive Director, Georgie Dent, has told 10 it is welcome news, but we still have a long way to go. While $1.7 billion is not nothing, when you think that we're already spending $10.3 billion, um, it's not a sort of you know, significant spend that's going to transform the funding um, of early childhood education and care. The federal budget will be handed down next week. 
now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Monday morning and we start in WA and as we reported earlier, Perth has been spared another lockdown after the latest COVID outbreak but tough new COVID restrictions are back. Our reporter Emma Griffiths is in Perth with the details. That's right Tash, a sigh of relief as Perth avoids another lockdown. For now, it comes after a hotel security worker at the Pan Pacific tested positive to the virus as well as two of his housemates. It hasn't eased the concerns of many though with the two roommates working as food delivery drivers in Perth's northern suburbs. Here's Premier Mark McGowan. Both have been working as food delivery drivers. Our health experts believe they could have been infectious from Tuesday the 27th. We're advised they worked on the 29th and the 30th. The public health advice is that the risk is low when it comes to food deliveries given the minimal contact. Thousands of West Aussies continue to get tested though and contact tracers are working around the clock. We'll get a further update on our COVID case numbers later today. To Queensland now, an Australian Border Force authorities are scrambling to find a missing foreign ship crew member who crossed the border into Townsville. It's been labelled a major international quarantine breach. Our reporter Courtney Thomas has the details. There'll be some extra men and women in blue and Australian Border Force personnel in Townsville today as authorities try and locate a missing crew member from a livestock carrier. It comes as the Polaris 3 docked at the port of Townsville on Saturday night after spending a number of days offshore when 11 seamen aboard refused to return to sea. While one did a runner, all understood trying to seek asylum. Queensland Health has confirmed that all 11 crew members have tested negative for COVID-19, while the crew member on the run has yet to be tested. Border Force has cancelled the visas of the 12 crew and the search for the missing member continues today. The remaining 37 members who remained on the boat have been given clearance to return to sea. To New South Wales now, and a Sydney mother has been charged with running down her daughter and dragging her 100 metres with an alleged blood alcohol level three times the legal limit. It happened during a party celebrating her son's 21st at the family home. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more. Yeah, Tasha, mum has been charged, accused of running over her daughter while drink driving at her son's 21st in Sydney South. The 58-year-old allegedly struck the 27-year-old and dragged her for 100 metres at a home in Caringbar South. Emergency crews spending over an hour trying to free her after she became trapped. Her mother allegedly blew three times the legal alcohol limit. She's been granted conditional bail to front court on Wednesday, while her licence has been suspended. And to Tasmania, while the polls have closed in the state election, the Liberal Party is facing a nervous wait to hear if it will form a majority government. The Premier has won a third term for the party after calling a snap election just five weeks ago. It's set to be a tight race, though, for those final seats. Here's Rachel Burke in Hobart. That's right, Tash. The Liberals have secured 12 out of 25 seats in the House of Assembly. They need just one more for an all-powerful majority. The race is likely to come down to two seats in the Hobart electorate of Clark, but we won't know the results of those for several days. It's a battle between Liberal candidates Madeleine Ogilvie and Simon Barakis and the Dark Horse Independent candidate Christy Johnson. While a majority is likely, it's not certain. But the Premier's feeling confident with those ballots left to count, saying he He's ready to get back to work. Once the count is completed, we will get straight back to work and ensure that together we secure Tasmania's future. Thank you very much. 
It's an anxious wait for all Tasmanians to see what our parliament looks like when the dust settles. Counting is expected to continue well into the week. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. It is show and tell time for our big banks this week. How do you think they're going to go? Well, the news is expected to be very good with the strongly rebounding economy set to reveal a big jump in profits and dividends that will be paid to shareholders, which includes all of us as members of super funds. In fact, there's another big driver of profits, and it's the fact that the banks allowed billions of dollars in provisions for bad debts because of the coronavirus lockdowns, but government stimulus, low interest rates and the success of beating COVID has helped the bank's bottom lines big time. Westpac's half-year cash profit is tipped to be $3.3 billion. So that means it had reduced their fees? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Peter, Netflix, we've seen its popularity soar, especially over COVID. Everyone was enjoying Netflix and chilling out. Uh, in regards to its tax, though, this is interesting, didn't pay as much tax as it should have. No, the AFR tells us that the must-watch TV streaming service is probably pocketing between $700 million and $1.4 billion in revenue, but has a tax bill of only $550,000. How's that work? Well, the company has based its headquarters in the low-tax Netherlands, which then pays its Aussie division a service fee for delivering its programs to us. A Netflix spokesman says, we comply with all Australian and international tax laws, which is true, but isn't it time that those tax laws were changed? This should be a job for the climate-saving President Joe Biden. After all, if big US tax-dodging companies paid the right tax to governments of the world, we could do a lot more to find alternative sources of power. Yeah, well said. Now, the end of JobKeeper, many people were expecting that to be really, really tough. We were set to fall over, some experts were saying, off the financial cliff, but that hasn't happened. No, alarmist commentators and politicians predicted the end of JobKeeper would partly crash the economy as businesses and employees would lose sales and jobs. However, Treasury has revealed 90,000 people have come off welfare since April and the Australian newspaper says the stronger than predicted labour market recovery, where unemployment has fallen from 7.5% to 5.6%, means that JobKeeper will cost the nation $12.5 billion less than originally was estimated. And Deloitte Access Economics says Tuesday week's budget will reveal a $100 billion saving because of the huge economic rebound. Let's hope the good news continues. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett the Tigers lifted some of the pressure off the shoulders of coach Michael Maguire. Yes, good morning, Tash. They certainly did. Uh, great win over the Dragons yesterday, 16-8. to St George losing a couple of outside backs again. Zach Lomax and Cody Ramsey, the latest to get injured for St George, so Anthony Griffin has a bit to worry about there. But back on the Tigers, a lot of talk about crisis meetings at the club then came out tonight about their coach, Michael Maguire. They found a new cult hero yesterday in Zach Sini, who scored on debut, had another try disallowed. It was at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong, but you almost thought it was a Tigers home game. He had around and 100 friends and family packing out the southern end of the stadium and uh, he had some special praise from the coach after the game. A young local kid coming through and I thought he did a really good job for us too uh, to score the try and then it was taken off him and to see his mates in the grandstand go up and down and then... Uh him getting another one, it's um, yeah, it was great. And the Cowboys almost pulled off another epic comeback yesterday, just fell short to the Warriors 24-20. to 20. 
And Brett, to the AFL now, the Blues are full of confidence after beating their arch enemy, the Bombers, at the G. Yeah, high-scoring thriller yesterday at the MCG. It was pretty tight through most of the game. The Blues just kicking away there uh, toward the end. They've got a tough fortnight coming up against the Dogs and the Ds, but their coach, David Teague, says that gives them a healthy dose of belief. I'm really confident that if we play near our best, and that's our challenge, to go out there and play near our best, that we can beat the Bulldogs or beat Melbourne next week or whoever we play. I think our best is good enough to beat anyone. It's The challenge is going out there and executing under pressure. Now, they will need to replace Mitch McGovern, who suffered another hamstring strain that was late in the game. So uh, he's out for the next two to three weeks, you would think. And some sad news for the beloved club of Geelong over the weekend with two deaths, Brett. Yes, uh, Frank Costa, uh, 83 years of age, died yesterday morning after a long battle with illness. He's an icon of Geelong, not just uh, as a president of the club, but as a very successful businessman on the social scene as well. They're talking about potentially a state funeral in Victoria for Frank Costa. And then some news through uh, yesterday as well that the wife of former their former captain who played 300 games for the club, Sam Newman, of course, we know him from uh, the footy show, his long association there on Channel 9, his partner, uh, just 50 years of age was uh, unfortunately uh, found dead in their Docklands apartment uh, 8pm on Saturday night so yeah Geelong in mourning this morning. Very sad news to the GP now the MotoGP uh, Brett and the Aussie star Jack Miller shed some tears as he won the Spanish Grand Prix this morning this is great. Yeah, it's been a long time between drinks, between checkered flags for uh, Jack Miller. Five years, in fact, but he powered to victory at uh, the Spain Grand Prix. As you mentioned, uh, he took the lead with less than 10 laps to go, and he never looked back. For the Wizard of Oz here in Spain, Jack Miller. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. He's done it! Miller wins in the MotoGP race here in Harath. On Fox Sports there, he was, uh, yeah, then caught uh, shedding some tears in pit lane. Uh, it, it had been so long for him, and there had been some pressure on his position there with Ducati. So a bit like Michael Maguire, as we mentioned off the top, some pressure off the shoulders of Jack Miller this morning as well. The Wizard of Oz. Lovely to hear Aussie, Aussie, Aussie there as well. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Monday morning in Brisbane, possible shower, 25 today. More morning fog on the way and possible smoke haze for Sydney, top of 26 today. Showers increasing, just 19 for Melbourne. Morning fog, then showers increasing for Canberra, 21. Showers also on the way for both Hobart and Adelaide today. Mostly sunny in 26 for Perth and sunny in 33 for Darwin. And it's been a six-month trip, but Elon Musk's SpaceX Dragon capsule has safely returned to Earth with four astronauts from the International Space Station on board. On behalf of NASA and the SpaceX teams, we welcome you back to planet Earth and thanks for flying SpaceX. For those of you enrolled in our frequent flyer program, you have earned 68 million miles on this voyage. And SpaceX, resilience, it is back on planet Earth. And we'll take those miles. Are they transferable? And Dragon will have to refer you to our marketing department for that policy. (laughs) The capsule called Resilience splashed down in the Gulf of Mexico in Florida just before 3 a.m. yesterday, the first spacecraft to do so in darkness since the Apollo 8 moonshot in 1968. The astronauts, three American and one Japanese passenger, carried out spacewalks and science experiments during their 167-day mission, the longest ever for astronauts launching from the U.S. 
And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today with Steve Price, by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you bright and early tomorrow. Listener.